you are now tuned in to episode 95 of Not Politically Correct. What the fuck going on? You know what's up, man? The boy TS is what not... What do, baby? <laughs> we back after a long hiatus, and the boy TS did not show up today, but it's because, you know, he doing things he got to do. He going he, he getting, his, you know what I'm saying, his license to get that blammer on him, you know what I mean? In case he have to run up on him, bow, you know what I mean? Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what you mean. Yeah. At the beginning of that, it sounded like that one little kid meme where he's like, "You ever have a dream that one time where you had that, made that when you do that, when they do that?" Right. I got the basketball game. So listen, bro. Um, it's your boy Rim McCoy, aka Mister With a Do, aka Young Splash God, aka No Cap Charlie, aka Smooth Job Johnny, aka Doped Up Danny, aka FBI Mike. A.K.A. Hip Hop Harry, A.K.A. Hallway Jones, because your bitch got a ringtone, and at one point, I promise you, I was it in the early, you know, mid to 2000, you know, that, you know, that type of shit. Anywho, you can find me on Twitter at RumacoyKPZ. Um, you can find me on Snapchat at RumacoyRebel. Cody. Hey, it is Cody, your Pokemon champion, A.K.A. the Cinematic Librarian, <laughs> on CD Record and everything. Banner now. On earth, thing. What are you talking about? With the right. R's, you got the shirt lure, the R. That's that Cedric skit. Yes. Yes. Russ, the barman, Teddy Russ, aka Blue Fingers, aka Key Diverso, aka Vendor, aka Stores Q, aka Russ the Bus. Um, and you can you can find me on the chatty <laughs> stuff snaps. And on IG, I can't keep it in DC in the ID underscore C U P I D I T Y. I D I T Y. Idiots. We hate you. I D I T Y for you. A naval siren. I'm not sure that's not what it sounds like, but I just wanted to like, you know, I was gonna make that sound. Um, I just want to, I want the world to know we were having some mad like technical difficulties getting it started. So we're gonna make it a shorter episode because we all have lives to get to, and because TS isn't here. But we will take nothing away from your experience. And in doing so, I want to let you guys know that you can join us on Facebook at Not Politically Correct Podcast. Join that Facebook group and you know stay abreast on all the things um, going on. I think that's what I'm looking for. He said breast. Uh, stay a chicken uh, looking at it. Um, <laughs> we have a, also a page you, sh- you can just like on Facebook, uh, NPC Podcast. We need you to go ahead and like that page. You know, run that up. Numbers are important in some sense of the word, in some way, shape, or form. I know they are. Um, we are on Twitter at Not PC Podcast. You know what I mean? We get, a- we get active, little baby. Looking at us. We get active on there, here and there. And you can search us on anything you can listen to stuff on, from SoundCloud to uh, the iTunes podcast app on the iPhone, um, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play. Not title, but maybe soon because they're now owned by a white person. So I'm sure we'll be able Wait, to. Wait, what? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, over 50% of it is owned by a white man, apparently. Um, what happened? What Jack, you, Jack Dorsey, I think the guy who owns Twitter, started Twitter, uh, had a really? with Jay Z and his company Square bought half oh title. i didn't know that was for title i know something was it yes jay-z okay. also well. he also sold part of his alcohol to uh the moet brand or whatever so jay-z's um he's getting the bank his um his net worth actually went up half a bill like point four um so 400 
million dollars. A lot. Yeah, exactly. Half a billion like three, dollars. Three bajillions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, three strawberries looking ass. But it, he, he, that shit went up. That shit. Three Jay Zillions. <laughs> Six rupees. Jay Zillions. Jay Zillions. Google places. <laughs> Rockefeller rupees and shit. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm not a businessman. I'm a business dude. Right. <laughs> My business mister. Right. <laughs> mister. She or she. Uh, but now it's time for that lovely, lovely part of the of this podcast called speak it, speak it, speak it, speak speak sports. I am oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I we were gone for a while. I wasn't gonna sit down and look at like three weeks of notes or whatever. But I know it was a JJ Watt went to the Cardinals. Um, Mama Recorder's mad about that. Um, Mama Recorder on everything. Tom Brady signed a four-year extension with the Buccaneers. Mama Recorder's mad about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, four years. Tom Brady's already like what, 42, 43? I think forty-two. This motherfucker's gonna play. Nuts? This motherfucker's gonna play football until he's in his fifties, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna tell you this though. If if Tom Brady, if Tom Brady, um, gets one more ring, I am willing to call him the greatest football player of all time. Like the the greatest player in the history of football. American football, if you will, uh, because that's Man, just... it really takes like a lot more than the best to like make you like. <laughs> He's already got <laughs> six ring or seven, was it? Six. And you're still like six. I thought you got six. Yeah, you got six. Yeah, sure, Five. whatever. If he has more, he has more than three, and you're still like, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> no, because but what I'm what I'm saying is, there's so much talent in basketball or uh, football, um, including Aaron Rodgers, the Brett Favre that we have, you know certain wide receivers, certain defensive players throughout history, and they've done so much in terms of stats and numbers and all that stuff and and what they brought to to that sport. But, I mean, Brady just... Damn, like, bro, like, what is those, those 20 years, bro, 20 years doing this, playing football for 20 years, bro. Has he even ever been majorly injured? Like, has he ever been out for more than half a season or anything like that? I don't think they kind of really protect them cats, so. <laughs> yeah. Really well, it's I saw this. Your moneymaker. I, <laughs> I saw this meme today that said uh, Brady takes a pay cut every year so his team can build around him. Every other quarterback signing massive contracts. Brady keeps winning Super Bowls. Every other quarterback. OMG, how does he do it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dog. And that's, Damn. That's what it take, man. That's what it take. Uh, right. What else? I'm on a similar note of like going to a team to try to win. Uh, Blake Griffin is now a Brooklyn Net. Yeah. What? They got plenty yep. of memes with dogs too. <laughs> yeah, I saw like that one with that dude like asleep on the floor and then just get up and start dancing in the club like that. And they said that's uh, Blake Griffin's knees after he lands in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I seen the one where he was like, uh, so wait, I passed the such and such and such and such and such. Um, when do I get the ball? <laughs> he was like, in practice. I was like, dog, yeah. that's <laughs> I don't know, man. His career has been kind of spotty. Like, I'm, was it 2010, 2011 or whatever? Um, he was 
like with the Clippers, he was like the dunk master, you know, yeah, him, everyone yeah. just thought like you give him the ball, he's going to dunk. And then he kind of fell off and then went to Detroit and sucks. And it's like, well, I don't know. We'll see what kind of animal that's, or beast he will bring. It's <laughs> kind of how, how the game is, though. It's like, you know, um, look at the Warriors. Um, uh, the year they were just super hot, and then KD joined them, and they were hotter, you know, hotter. The and then everybody built their teams to face that threat. So it's like, mm. you know, it's not going to be, and that's that's why the, the old dynasties were so um, um, amazing to me, and why people would be like, you know, if this was happening back in the day, such and such, such and such. But I'm like, I don't think it'd have been the same thing because those dynasties were really built um, from the ground up. Um, right. Jordan had to get it together. Magic had to get it together. Yep. Bird and this team had people, to get it together. You people know. overlook that each like different teams have their own like playbooks of their strategy of what they kind of what they specialize with or how they mm-hmm. you know go about it. They just look at oh players and it's like oh this one's good. It's like that doesn't make the team though. Right. 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 I think you know this has been an interesting basketball season for me. I mean to to, to see. The Rockets, you know, I'm a James. Everybody knows I'm a James Harden fan, and to see him get over there with the Nets, and they, 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 they doing a thug this, and, and, and to see the Rockets, like how bad they're falling, and how things are just getting moved around so much to the point where Russell Westbrook is not on a winning team. That is, to me, that is so like it's crazy, but it's no, it's normal. You know what I mean? It's just like everything. You got to strike when you're hot, you know what I mean? And like, I was gonna say, he hasn't really been on a normal or a winning team since like what, uh, 2013 or so. Well, no, he's always been on the winning team because they always end up in the playoffs. Well, well yeah, but how far? You know, well, I'm saying what I'm saying about winning team is um, they they make it to the playoffs, right? <laughs> those, those, but the top but 16, they don't progress, sir. But a winning team is gonna make some Ma'am. Play. <laughs> Sam Murr, what are you gonna do? Sam Murr. <laughs> now you're confused. Sam Murr. Right, exactly. Green eggs and ham. But but what I'm saying is it's just weird to see like these, you know, certain te- like players and things be a part of teams that are like in transition and stuff because it's like, damn, we are at a point where the league has changed. Like, who would have thought the Warriors would be where they are today? Who I by the way, I never guessed that Chris Paul would go to the Phoenix Suns. And turn the fuck up. Like, that team is going crazy bananas, bro. Second in the West, bro? Like, what? He deserves his just due, too. I mean, he does. I mean, a lot of players, like, it's kind of yep. side of, like, the Barkley effect kind of thing. But he, he's phenomenal. Yep, yep. I think Chris Paul, I think I love, I love an underdog, man. I love a, a motherfucker to, to be able to get to the point of getting a ring that has never had one, that should have had one. Before, you know, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. I mean, when they were on the he's like a, not even just a great basketball player, but he's a great guy. He does a lot for community. He's uh, the national, the president of the National Basketball Player uh, yeah, Players Association. Like, yeah, yeah, come on, yeah. So I don't. It's just it's it's just a, a interesting time in the NBA because I like these moves are things I was like, damn, I never think we would have a the Brooklyn Nets have those three players. And you know, be you know, but but it's crazy because I would I love to see certain matches. Like I would love to see the Nets and 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 the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals battling it out. And whoever because whoever goes to the championship for me is going to be a win win. West, I would love to see um, the Clippers or or the Suns make it to the all the way because Chris Paul does. You know, so it's things like that. Where I'm like, this is a really exciting time for me as a basketball player to watch because I'm like, this is this is fun. This is different. You know what I mean? So. You know, I was always like a 
I mean, basketball is kind of, I was okay. Like at football, it's like, I don't really care about the Super Bowl unless we're in it. Then I'm like really pumped, you know, yeah. and I'll watch her. But it's like basketball is kind of different because yeah. Milwaukee, like we're not going to be in there. But um, don't this, say that. I was just thinking lately that this last year's uh, with the the Lakers and the Heat, but that whole like playoff run and the championship, like it was really exciting. Yeah, man. Yeah. Man. Like edge of your seat. Ed, for sure. For sure. Edge of your seat type shit. You feel me? I feel you. Um. There was the what's it called uh, All Star Game. Oh yeah. Which oh yeah. Nobody really cares too much about, but Giannis <laughs> became the only player to ever win MVP, All Star MVP, and Defensive Player of the Year. Right behind. Uh, not or sorry. Not the, only one of three. The only players to ever I miss I. That's one letter I missed, and it <laughs> fucked up the whole thing. Holy shit. Um, the only players to ever win it is Giannis, Michael Jordan. Uh, and Kevin Garnett is anything anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah. yeah man. Um, what was it? Steph Curry got the three point uh contest winner thing. He said, "I have a lot to accomplish, but nothing to prove. There's a subtle little difference there." And right. Something right. something he is greatness. Man. Um, what else is sports? I don't know. It doesn't really matter too much, but so. Oh, wait, there, I had a good um, transition. What was it, Cody? Oh, here we go. Okay. Um, Instagram and Power1051 informs me that Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez split calling off engagement. I don't know if that's true or not or accurate, yeah, but he played good. baseball, and um, <laughs> she is a music person, so on to music. <laughs> ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. Yeah, that's she collecting rings like Thanos. Yo, my dog, dude. Somebody has somebody made a joke about a Rod, um, uh, fucking up another ring or like fucking off and not getting another really? ring, like some shit. I was on Twitter. I was like, that's hilarious, dude. That's hilarious. She's gonna have her own jewelry store. Um, <laughs> hold on. I'm just I'm trying to see if I can because I'm working on this Mac and I just want to see if I can change it to time so I can take a look at time as opposed. He missed to the alley oop. God damn it. Allah damn it. Time, got down, not involved. Another right next to the top middle. Perfect. Is uh, Olivia Munn was uh, posting pictures, I guess, of her with some dude. She used to be a uh, Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend, right? Yeah. yeah. She's crazy though. She like not all there. She played uh, Psylocke in um one of the X Men movies X-Men. recently. Yep, not all yeah. there. <laughs> Dude, all. she's the voice of a mom in this animated kids show, Miles from Tomorrowland. She is monotone as fuck. I'm like, why did they choose her? Like, she, everyone's like, she hey, that, that. Dude, it's so, like, <laughs> where's your personality? How did she get this job? Oh my God. You well, know, I probably I, could tell you. Right, I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know exactly how she got the job. Anywho. <laughs> you know she's the gift with all the hot dogs in her mouth, right? <laughs> That's her? Yeah, that's her. I'm going to look that gift up right now. I mean... That's actually her. Um, I'm going to read a Bible verse right now. Wait, no. Is that really her, though? I'm looking at Olivia Munn? Yeah. Is that yeah. her actual face? Yeah, that's her. That's... Oh, my God. Well, look at that. Oh, oh he's already was, got... At first I thought it was a joke. <laughs> I was thinking of a different one. The one where it's, like, all falling out from the sky. So. Oh, I know what you're talking about. When they, that's the one they always be like when, when the, she posts that she's single, her DMs. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah. The hot, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's Olivia Munn. 
Dude, she did that on a, a show or something like that. This is the one I was thinking of. <laughs> okay, but yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, I, he said, I, "Oh wow!" No wonder uh, Aaron Rodgers had a. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um. Any, <laughs> anywho, whoa. No wonder we didn't get a Super Bowl that year. No. Exactly. <laughs> oh, somebody got a Super Bowl or something. Um. So, <laughs> all right, let me get Jesus to shit. <laughs> let it edit it. <laughs> So throughout the history of modern, I'm a good boy. <laughs> so throughout the history of modern recorded music, artists have come in many shapes, sizes, and forms. Pause. <laughs> From male to female. We'll talk about bizarre like that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Funny because he's in a band looking at. Um, from male to female, from young and even at times they start old. Uh, solo acts, duos, trios, quartets, and more. However. Singles, cities. Cuatro, uno, dos. I know you're man. However, did you just go to Pitbull for real? Is he not what that he not looking at? It's a line he says that's really tight right there, but it's like really corny, like really like whatever. However, there is one specific type of artist or group rather that we often overlook, misclassify, whatever it may be in the history books, and those are, drum roll, history books, boy bands. Now, first you learned about George Washington, mm-hmm. now you learned about boy bands. Right. First, there were slave owners, now, look at us. Jesus um, Christ, everything revolves around slavery with you. It's all about slavery, reparations. Now, when the when that term is used, uh, most people like automatically go to the iconic time of like bubblegum teen pop groups from the late 90s and early 2000s. But this history is greater than Justin Timberlake with cornrows and a life-size doll box. No, 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 no. This is, this group form or formation has stood the test of time almost from the beginning. But before we take a little trip down, and we like, a quick one, because we ain't going to do too much on y'all today. We ain't going to hit y'all with too much. But we're going to get you something. Um, one has to define exactly what a boy band is. Now, Russell and I, Prior to actually recording the pod today, we're having a little debate. I defined it. I, I defined it. I won't say this is the literal. I wasn't involved. De- de- <laughs> Cody, was, Cody was there. He was probably drinking coffee or something. I So I defined it, me personally, as quite literally two things based solely on the two words in the name. Boys, males, the classic definition, not the new school PC version suited to please like LGBT community and its allies and supporters under the age of 18. We are the chromosomes. Right. So, actual boys <laughs> to men. Under 18 in a mm-hmm. band. In a band. Three or more individuals coming together to create, compose, play, perform, craft music. We ain't in a band, bitch. We don't play instruments. But that, you know what? That statement, I think, is even wrong still. Even even that rap statement, we're in the we in the band, bitch. We don't play instruments. Well, you learn vocals are an instrument. Exactly, and and so now Russell, go ahead and get a people. What, what what did you define it as? Because I I say boy, literal boy bands are bands of boys. <laughs> pause. That just sounds really. <laughs> this sounds really. Okay, I say there's gonna be a lot of pause really stuff. Right. So like I said, I saw online that the it was def- defined as a pop group. Composed of young men whose music and image are designed to appeal primarily to a young teenage audience. Um, 
but I don't think you can also just classify it as pop. Um, I think I agree with you that um, it has to be <laughs> a boy band because of the phrase boy band. <laughs> like you know, it's it's um, you could you could you could like okay. So I don't say that people who just sing with, with, with just vocals with no music would be a band. Um, and depending on how many are in the in the band, you could probably call it more of a choir or a chorus. Yep. Um, but I think those that you kind of alluded to would still classify as a boy band, you know, and then that that pushes back the origin date for um, this type of group to at least the 60s. Okay, okay. Now, and I agree with the whole it not being pop. I, I feel like it became, later on we see it, and we'll talk about that too, later on right. we see it become, it becomes like associated with teen pop, like like especially in the right. 90s, but... And and I think that's that's the the, the distinction because um, when I when I think of, of pop uh, and I don't I don't mean just like you know the bubblegum the teen pop and all that stuff but just popular music what what's popular what's used to be um, or pushed to be popular music to appeal to that specific demographic. Okay. Yeah. Right. 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 For sure. For sure. Just the just the term pop music. So no, I get what you're saying. Like. Okay, so with that with that idea in mind of, of what, and and again, I'm my little presentation today or how I brought this up. Again, I'm defining, and in, in most of the things that I've laid out, boy bands about bands who started as boy or started young or started as boys <laughs> mostly. Um, but again, you know, I think in the grand scheme of things, because some people would consider Beatles a boy band, but they weren't, you know actively in our face and I think until they were over the age of 18 but um also you would consider them a rock band so again right. um mm-hmm. one of the one of the greatest so again it's different different pieces you know what I mean um so with that idea you can trace boy bands back to a very early point now, I don't know... When is Chris Hansen going to jump in? <laughs> he's not, because we're talking about music, sir. What the hell is wrong with you? Pizza Gate Cody over here. Um, um, I don't know if I would... Um, I don't know if I could call them the first group. Uh, even when in my research, other people were pointing to other groups. But it, again, it was the teen aspect that got me here. One of the first, to me, what would define as boy bands would be um, the Frankie Lyman-led group, The Teenagers. Okay? Are we, is anybody here familiar? Hey, with, uh, Frankie Lyman, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so The Teenagers, uh, hailing from New York in the 1950s, not only were they breaking barriers for being amazingly young, all-teen, mm-hmm. like an all-teen um, act, which at the time was a little bit un, you know, unheard of, but they were also multi-ethnic, um, mm-hmm. starting with three black members and two Hispanic Latino members, and eventually, eventually going on to add a, a white lead singer. And when Frankie left to go solo, and even a uh, woman later in the '80s to mimic Frankie's voice when they would do the you know the the hits and things of that nature. So this group, um, would you say? You said what? Who's the group? Would you say the teenagers? The, the teenagers. Yep. Okay. 
I was just asking Alexa, and she had an interesting thought, but I don't want to interrupt with that because you're on a thing. No, well, go ahead. It's not. It's we. we okay. Hear the conversation. Um, Alexa, who is the first boy band group? According to an Alexa Answers contributor, African American vocal group The Ink Spots was one of the first of what would now be called boy bands. The term boy band was not established until the late 1980s, as before that they were called male vocal groups or hep harmony singing groups. Now I had I too I too um, heard of the Ink Spots, but I couldn't based based on definition of boys. I don't know if the mm. Ink Spots were all you know underage. So again, I've never heard of them. Again, I I had not heard of them until doing research. But again, I was using it defining it as young boys or. People who are pre eighteen, forming bands, doing work, getting out before the age eighteen. Um, so that the ink spots could be, if it depending on how we define it. I don't think all the members were under age or whatever when it, when it started. Um, but y'all could double check if anybody wants to, you know, listen to the podcast and do some research and prove me wrong. Please do. Um, so. Their, the hit from this from this group was uh, Why Do Fools Fall in Love? Um, that's like their claim to fame. And I always wondered, what type of voice would you say, Frankie, <laughs> like Russell, in terms of, you know, like singing, like, you know, you say like falsetto, tenor, whatever the, whatever the case. You've heard Frankie mm-hmm. Lyman. I'm assuming you've heard that song at some point. What would you classify his voice as? As, as, as far as just like tenor, alto, soprano, or are we talking in like genre? No, like in like Terms like soprano or whatever, like not genre, but in terms of like actual. Well, uh, he's probably like um, um, either a first tenor or maybe uh, is it a contralto? Contralto. Okay. I think contralto is soprano or alto. But he he's like first tenor, lower alto ish, um, because he has he had crazy range um, for sure as a kid. Um, but that was kind of like a sign of the times because a lot of people sang like that. Right. Um, as far as like the ink spots thing, because you you gotta uh, figure out when the age of adulthood was recognized as being like twenty one or eighteen, because um, that could also be why they're considered the first boy band group. Um, because I think it was the passage of the what amendment in the seventies that twenty one was considered like legal age for everything, and that kind of constituted what would be an adult um so that why that 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 would mean that Siri's answer is is kind of correct but there's <laughs> okay. so many semantics and, and, and things that you have to consider um but yeah i, w- I want to say he's a first tenor though. okay okay let's see I'm trying to look up the ink spots again because I know it was one motherfucker that had a whole mustache. What well, doesn't mean you can't be 18. And I, <laughs> well, I was going to say it too. Like, I, think, I think one of them was like 21. Like, that was, that's what I thought. I'm like, I'm like un- nigga, you at least 19, bro. You out the, you out the loop. <laughs> Yo ass girl. I don't bro. believe you have to be under 18 to be considered in a boy group, oh, you know? God. Like, I know, Cody. God. I, I'm getting well, that. Why do you keep talking? I'm, no, I'm, I'm, fucking, I'm, fucking, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the day to frustrate this Cody. church. We, he actually which is working. funny because, like, even the <laughs> definition goes, you know, young men and not boys, which is funny to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> boys to men. Look at that. Um, so, that's, that's... Boys to older boys. 
I, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is, I always, I looked at that as the first group, but again, the, you, we could debate and say the Ink Spots were maybe the first boy band. But the next layer of boy band that I think kind of catapulted, if we're not talking Beatles, because I, I, again, would not consider them a boy band. I would consider them more of a rock group, but Jackson 5 from Gary, Indiana, one of the most successful boy band acts, obviously, comprised of the Jackson family siblings, including mm-hmm. the future icon, Michael Jackson. But starting in 64, they broke records in categories over all of music, including being the youngest act during the height of Motown, and even more, more importantly, being the first act in history to debut with four number one singles. So all of their first four singles were number one on Billboard, which was... Uh, at the time, it was like unheard of. You know what I mean? Like, so does the Jackson Five have more slaps than the Beatles? <laughs> uh, that's debatable. I'm gonna tell you this though. Before we even, <laughs> before we even got to the boy band thing, I, like two three weeks ago, I was um I downloaded a, I made a um, Jackson Family Tree playlist on Apple Music, which is Michael, of course, Janet, of course, but a lot of a lot of uh, Jackson Five shit. Like I have, a, like I didn't realize there were so many Jackson Five songs that I look, like fuck with. Like, um, um, uh, what is it? Heartbreak Hotel. That's like one of my favorite Jackson Five joints. But then they got some other shit. Like, uh, uh, I think it's like Victory and some some other a couple of really like dope ass songs, bro. Like, no, nah, I gotta I gotta list some for the people real quick, real quick. Um. When I made, because when I made it, I just started like, you know, how you like start doing, putting some shit together. Torture, uh, uh, we can change the world. This place hotel, uh, of course, blaming on the boogie, but never can say goodbye. I want to be where you are. You know what's crazy about um, the um, never can say goodbye. So the first time I actually heard that song, it was on the um, the Jackson movie, an American Dream from the early '90s, right? And they were performing the song. So, you know, they had people actually singing these records or whatever, you know. So, in the performance, th- this this was when Michael Jackson was older. So, this song in the movie at this time when he's singing it is old. You know, he's not a kid anymore. He's like a teenager, early... T- he's like a... Was he a boy? Or he's a boy, he band, right. He's like a young boy. Look at that. He's like a... <laughs> young boy. He's like in his like late, late teens, early 20s. And they're doing, they're performing, and he's talking about how he's about to go solo and do like I want to do some, all this other stuff. But but like they're on stage and he's singing it, and it's coming through to through his singer slash actor who's playing Michael Jackson. It's coming through his voice in a teen like more like bassy version. And to this day, I really prefer to try to find performances of that song from Michael Jackson when he was an adult because that song when I heard it done in that way was so much better. And this is just from a movie. So it was so much better to me to come from like an adult sounding voice that I've always preferred to either go to that clip of him. But he's not even seen doing the whole song. It's just, you know, part of the song, whatever. But I prefer to go to that. Billie Jean? He said what? From a Billie Jean? No, 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 no. From uh, Never Can't Say Goodbye from the Jackson um, American Dream. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. That one. That one. Okay, yeah. When he looked over and saw that um, his brother was no longer there. Yeah. And he had that older voice. Yeah. Okay. Um... So it, I don't know. This this is like really one of my favorite ways for that to come for the, for this song to come out. But but again, the Jackson Five, tons of fucking good records, man. And, and they were instrument players. You know, they only performed because uh, Joe Jackson caught Tito playing with his guitar, 
and was like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna beat your ass, but I'm impressed though. Look at that. Like, um, so they again, boy bands when that was, when they were formed, when that was formed, they were all you know 17 and under. Um, so I think Jackie was the oldest, was like 16, 17 when they actually, cause he was no, no, he was might have been 15, 15 14, 15 mm-hmm. when they first formed in '64, uh, because he was born in '51. So yeah, he was like what. Yeah, like 13, 14 when they when they formed and when they you know got out there, got active. So again, boy band Jackson Five, you they are in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and all this other stuff, and they play instruments, but they were definitely a boy band. Um, so you know, of course, I'm gonna skip skip stuff. There's there's different groups that have happened throughout history, um, but you know, boy bands keeping keeping with the history of where, where, where I'm trying to get to, New Edition. Okay, so New Edition was formed in 78. They were all kids. Um, it was formed in 78, and they gained success in the 80s. And one could argue when it comes to New Edition, and this is why I have to bring them up, that they are the foundation slash, like, f- format for the, like, modern uh, boy bands that, as we know them today, you could argue that, that New Edition kind of laid the, the foundation for that um this group originally composed of five friends from boston was not only focused on singing but also full choreography as they did not play in they didn't play instruments so um they and you know we've had groups like this before of course like with the temptations and things of that nature and even the teenagers they didn't play instruments you know with a slight movement or whatever but um New Edition kind of took it to the next level. It was, like, really about being performers. You know, like, their manager was about them. Like, you can't just sing. You got to really perform. Um, so they also added elements of rap and hip-hop from their earliest singles, like Cool It Now. Like, even in, in there's a rap verse from Ralph, you know, Trash Vans, or however you say his last name, um, who was, like... Trans Vans. Trans Vans, there you go. <laughs> Trans man looking at Um... <laughs> In the porch with Harrison Ford, right? Ralph's transgender. <laughs> um, but but this style is something that would not only influence boy bands, but R&B groups going into the '90s, including Boys to Men, who some could, we could say, but are also a boy band. Um, I consider them more R&B group, but but upon thinking about it more and more, they were definitely a boy band. Um, so they were they influenced Boys to Men, who were you know signed by. Um, Mike Bivens himself, and then even TLC, you know, and that just not even a boy group, and whatever, or they didn't, you know, play instruments, but they influenced everybody, everybody. <laughs> Y'all gotta stop, man. Y'all child, this. <laughs> I hope they're not a boy, boy group. Band. Jesus, right? Uh, boy bands, and we're talking about TLC. Like, what do they got in between their legs? But, but heartbreak. Heartbreak is their biggest album as a group where they actually replaced uh, Bobby Brown with Johnny Gill. And we even get like the internal group of Bell, Bill DeVoe with Mike Bivens, Ricky Bell, and Ronnie DeVoe, which spawned one of the biggest songs of the 90s, Poison. So their trajectory and their history in terms of like bands singing and groups and doing what boy bands do, they are actually, I don't know if they get, if they get their credit, how they should get their credit, but now... Entering the bubblegum teen pop era of the nineties. Every little thing. So wait. I do. So now. So from New Edition producer Maurice Starr, we also got 
late 80s, early 90s, a group known as New Kids on the Block, which he admitted himself was a white version of New Edition, who he thought would be more successful because they were white. Because New Edition left him. Now, their success, while big yet somewhat brief on the grand scheme of things, was important because it took that format that had been perfected by black and brown people over the last few decades and whitewashed it very well, Mm -hmm. very well, very well, okay? And so I I only mention New Kids on the Block because of that. Because in the mid-90s, with the height of electronic music, computer music uh, production, music merging into the growth of, like, the pop scene over the decade with the with hip-hop and all the other stuff, um, you get a sound that gives way to something that was coined as teen pop. Now, note the term... People have been using the term bubblegum pop um, for decades, but it became a way to describe... But bubblegum teen pop became a way to describe groups that would benefit from the whitewashing of New Edition by New Kids on the Block, thanks to Marie Starr. And then we get people who actually become legends in their own right, deservingly so, like the Backstreet Boys. This group was formed by Orlando and Kentucky natives who, long story short, it's a lot of research, but long story short, they met as co-workers. One of them, some of them were friends and worked at um, Disney World. One of them from Kentucky moved down to Orlando um, and and had a friend in Kentucky as well who he was singing with. He moved down to Orlando and began working at Disney World as well and then met the other three guys and then his friend um, would eventually come down from Kentucky and join this group. So, long story short, friends who met at (laughs) working at Disney World in Orlando through auditions placed by producer um, Lou Pearlman. This group was taken under his wing and eventually signed to Jive Records. Now, the Backstreet Boys are important in this history of boy bands because they are actually the most successful selling boy band in history. Really? If over in sync. Yes, actually wow. they are. Overall, they are the they have sold over 100 million records as as defined by boy band, they are the best selling boy band if if we're talking about boys and bands. <laughs> um um so so and again, you know, it gets hazy if you were talking about, you know, um best-selling group who just happen to have males in there because I don't think that the Backstreet Boys, but the Backstreet Boys in terms of boy bands are the best-selling group. Um, they have sold over 100 million records with their self-titled first album selling 14 million records in the United States alone. Now, originally, the year before that album, so they originally was released in Europe and the album sold 10 million records over there. And they were like, yeah, y'all from here, we might as well sign y'all to one of the, you know, Luke Perman would take them over to Europe, drop them first, and then he would bring them back and they would get, you know, record deals. Um, and so that album really, it was only two songs, like a two song difference that they added for the American release, but really all the other songs were the same. So that album actually sold like 24 to 25 million copies worldwide. Um... And so, and it went diamond and sold 14 million records in the United States alone when they released it here the next year. They um, also prided themselves, though, on being real vocalists, uh, hearkening themselves to boys to men over other boy band groups. They said they always wanted to separate themselves from NSYNC and that, that shit because they felt like they were, he's like, we not new kids on the block. We don't feel like that. We are more like Jodeci, more like um, Shy or whatever. Like, he, they didn't want to be 
they wanted to pride themselves on having vocal harmonies. And it's funny when you go back to their records and the shit that was, and this comes from somebody who just been listening to this shit like all night. Um, when you go back to the records, their shit was way, way more like sing songy than you know NSYNC, and that NSYNC shit was dance worthy. And you know they had good vocalists like JC and you know um, Justin Timberlake, but their shit was more about dance, more like disco than anything else. Whereas the the Backstreet Boys will actually sing your like sing your ass, like like sing some shit to your ass. And some, like it was crazy. Well, yeah, that's why um, Justin went solo because he was actually singing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm still trying to figure out how Joy Fatone and Chris Kirkpatrick, like, them motherfuckers got, anywho, Backstreet Boys. Yeah, fat one, as they call them. Right, fat one. So, <laughs> that brings us to the, to another part, In Sync. okay? Another band of kids brought together by Pearlman, okay? So, it happened because after this, after Pearlman, um, did auditions for Backstreet Boys. This group started with the member Chris Kirkpatrick. So Chris Kirkpatrick, Orlando native, because Lou Pearlman came to Orlando and set out flyers and said he was trying to put together a group while he was down there, and boom. That's how you got the Backstreet Boys. Chris Kirkpatrick um, missed the cut for Backstreet Boys. So Pearlman told him he would finance a group, <clears throat> excuse me, finance a group if Chris himself could find other singers and put it together. Chris Kirkpatrick went on a hunt, tracked down videos of Justin Timberlake and JC um, on Mickey Mouse Club. He was like, I want them motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? They were in Tennessee. And he was like, we, like Chris Kirkpatrick really is the key to the success of NSYNC ever even happening. So everybody, Justin Timberlake, oh, his shit the dog. Crazy, right? Because he's like just a minuscule mid-member of the yeah, I don't know. Um, he, 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 he still did a lot before that. I feel like in some way, shape, or form, he'd still be big. But be, I'm he sure be, it helps he a be, lot. He'd be, he be, you know, he could be, uh, what the fuck is dog name? Uh, Robin Thicke? <laughs> he might be there type shit, you know? <laughs> but it's... Uh, uh, it's, 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 it's more <laughs> on his name. But no, so um, the irony is that Joy Fatone and Chris Kirkpatrick knew each other um, from working at Universal Studios Florida. It's like the damn near the same story <laughs> because Joy Fatone ended up meeting, you know, Timberlake and, and JC and shit. So it's so weird because they like story is so close to Backstreet Boys. It's odd. Eventually, I mean, they were all Disney kids, yo. <laughs> like, the whole group. Freddie Smith, uh, Jennifer Aguilera, all yeah, of them. Yep. Uh, Ryan, Disney kids. Ryan Gosling, <laughs> the fuck, bro? Like, yeah. Goes, bro. Um, so <laughs> it's funny, though. You know, like, eventually, this group would go on to create and release. You know, they had their first debut album, the self titled NSYNC album. Oh, fun fact for those who don't know. NSYNC might have one of the coolest names in the history of uh, in the history of music because that the term mm. NSYNC is the last letter of all of their name. They kind of formulate that, and I don't know who did that shit, but that was interestingly cool to me. I'm like, okay, y'all tried it, y'all tried it. Um, but but their second album, No Strings Attached. Now, while they are not the best selling boy band in history, they hold the record for one of the fastest and best-selling albums in history with uh, No Strings Attached. Um, that album is the fastest, was the fastest-selling album in music history for 15 years, selling 1.1 million records in the first day of release, the first day, first 24 hours. It, sold a, it went platinum in 24 hours. And this is before you could do it by selling a million copies to Samsung and putting on somebody's phone. This is before that. 
<laughs> they sold 1.1 million copies first day and 2.4 million in the first week. That was unheard of in music. Even Michael Jackson had even <laughs> done that type of shit, bro. Um, this was unheard of in music at the time and was held for 15 years until Adele beat them by about 33,000 copies when I forgot which album that came out in 2015 I think it was uh 21 um might have been 25 who knows um one of those albums Adele's album beat it in 2015 by like 30,000 copies um but that was a feat unheard of in music this album is and because of that you got songs like Bye 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 and It's Gonna Be Me and um this album is often regarded viewed as the pinnacle of the teen pop era. When you go back to that era, you know, people people talk about how good Millennium was by the Backstreet Boys or, you know, things like that. But they hold this, people kind of, when you look at that, that form of music in that time period, people go back to this album often as the one that was like, that defined it, which would make sense because that album was certified nine times platinum in a month. Like, in the first month. So, and this is, you know, like right before Napster and shit popped off like that, but like it's crazy because they like ate this album up. But then you know you go into the new millennium. You got uh, because of what happened with you know the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC in the '90s. You get like groups like uh, B2K, you know, with um, formed by Chris Stokes, um, who was you know not as big, but definitely was like the you know urban to me, was like the urban um, form of a, you know, an sync or whatever the case may be, and they just came, and they came, like, two, three years after NSYNC, because, well, that's a lie. NSYNC's first album was, like, 98, and that big, their big album was 2000, that's No Strings Attached, and then B2K came 2001. 2000, 2001. So, right around the same time, but you got B2K, who did their thing for a little bit. You said what? 2002? Because didn't 112 like kind of blow up in 2001? Yes, but I remember B2K being that, uh-huh, I don't know, you know I mean? uh-huh, tell me, can you handle it, uh-huh. I moved, I that, moved. That, that bump, 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 is that what it's called? Bump, 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 that, yep, that's, I think that's the next, that was that's, the next, that's the next one. Hold on. No, no, we're gonna do the research because we we don't we don't we don't go out like that on, on uh, this podcast. Yes, sir. <laughs> B2K. We don't get these dates correct. What are you talking about? Ugly ass niggas. Okay. Pandemonium. Bump bump bump. That was oh two, but uh huh came out before that. So what album was that on? Oh. They dropped two albums in twenty, in two in two thousand two. So the single uh huh must have came out in two thousand one, and then the album dropped in two thousand two. Oh wow, their name was B two Kids, Boys of the New Millennium. Get the fuck out of yeah. here! That's so you didn't know that? No. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! Who's this guy that he is? Yeah, black people didn't play did that. They was like, no, nah, that's B two K. Oh my god! The Get two the stands for of the. <laughs> so they were they were formed in twenty or they were formed in um nineteen ninety eight. Um yes, so uh huh 
start dropped in late um in the fall of um oh one and then the uh album the debut album of course was called b2k because everybody's debut album got to be their first if you're a pop band boy band on your first your first shit got to be your name um but that came out march 22 or 2002 2002 what the fuck but then damn they went they went straight out straight to that straight to from that to doing another album like hi y'all ain't take no time off shit Nah, they're just trying to make money. I mean, that's, that's back then when um, <laughs> groups were literally still getting fucked up. <laughs> Man, dude. <laughs> Damn, dog. Um, Cause I'm trying to think, when did um, American Idol start? 01. 01. 01? Are yeah. you kidding so me? Yep. Wow. So then, yeah, so yeah because um, the contracts around that time were really um, performance heavy and, and, and tour heavy, so... Yeah, they had to <laughs> crank out albums because they weren't really making no money. Right, right, man, that's wild. Uh, Everybody's just trying to be owned. It was like, you know, oh yeah, and I'll sign, I'll sign, I'll sign. Not like getting lawyers and looking at the contracts and stuff like that because mm-hmm. they was killing people in um uh, in the gospel um, uh, genre like that. Um, that's had to. Uh, one of the stipulations was the. Um, lead producers or whoever had to be on the album or they took credit for this and it was just a lot but damn dude it's, that's crazy that's why i always remember liking uh what, the person that i like for american idol getting second place because then they're more free and they can not get held out by a contract like that mm-hmm. that you know it's, it's crazy because I'm just looking at these numbers and, and different things like that and i'm like b2k only so you know hundred thousand this and i'm like Damn, these, but they, they, I don't know. It's just now I get to think about damn, who, who was really the best, the better boy band? Because I think they were in terms of dancing, obviously, in terms of dancing and shit, they was way colder than motherfuckers, like in sync and shit, but whatever. Anywho, uh, you have B2K who did their thing in the early 2000s, man. Um, you have groups in the, in like the 20, late 2000s, early 2010s, like One Direction. Who ended up coming through and breaking records and selling and selling a lot of records coming from you know um, across the pond, um, and then you have even that influence of boy bands was trickled down from Jackson Five and New Edition and all that stuff trickled down to you know In um, Sync and all those guys and then you get you know what is it K-pop guys the uh, BTS who are now like just going crazy, taking over things, and they're actually doing a lot of genre blending, which they said you can attribute to the No Strings Attached uh, CD, where, you know, whereas you didn't have the Backstreet Boys trying to do too much rap or too much, like, you know what I'm saying, was more singing, you have, you know, there was stuff like rap shit on, like, No Strings Attached and, like, Justin Timberlake trying to, you know, trying to get a little shit off, um, you know, I think they had Missy working on them on some records on the album and shit like that, um, so BTS is now kind of like cross-pollinating and doing a lot of stuff that's, you know, hip-hop pause, Cody. Like, you know, just kind of doing stuff over crossing genre lines. So, but I'm going to wrap this up because I said all that to, said all that to say this real quick. Um, I want to do this segment because, of course, there are bands that I've missed from Immature to uh, Pretty Ricky to Jonas Brothers and, and more. Um, but I did this to show that Oftentimes, boy bands get a bad rap. You know what I'm saying? Um, you hear the word boy band, and you're just like, oh, trash. You know, that's for kids, and that's for this, or that's for that. But 
I can even tell you in, in experience, but going back and listening to all that shit, shit like over the last 24 hours and, and, and all that shit, just to, you know, kind of brush up, they set a lot of influence and a lot of standards that a lot of groups throughout the course of music can emulate. Um, you know, you can't have some of the R&B we had without New Edition, and the, and they started as a essential boy band. You can't mm-hmm. you can't have some of the great pop records and shit that we have, even in today's age, without some of the shit that NSYNC and Backstreet Boys did. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that they get boy bands. The term boy band gets a bad rap, but in all in all, at the heart of it, they're just really good music. So. That's what I wanted to do is a little presentation and kind of drop that. Um, Cody, who's your favorite boy band? I don't know. It's always a toss-up between, like, I feel like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. I have history because 90s Kid had an older sister. So I was mad at her because she got to go to a Backstreet Boys concert and I had to stay home. But I had Chinese <laughs> food that night, so I remember that. Um, <laughs> and I think third or fourth grade in elementary school, like, there was, like, a choir class and... They were like, at the end, we're leaving. Like, they had two different boxes of Backstreet Boys CDs. And like, you can only pick one. So I took both because I wanted two. Because you're a thief. Uh, <laughs> um, Hanson Brothers. I don't know. It's just like nostalgia. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they definitely yeah. lit, definitely so, lit. So that's my answer. That does not answer your question. Russ? Russell. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't know, because the definition is so everywhere. Um, <laughs> Pedophilia. You know what I mean? Like, Look you kind of have to say, <laughs> uh, you kind of have to say, because um, I, 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 was, I was more into the earlier, quote unquote, boy band groups. Um so like, solo. Um, <laughs> no, so like, if we're gonna to say like the Jackson Five, the Beatles, the Monkees, the Beach Boys, um, yeah. I'd like those kind because of, I've I've always been real heavy on the singers and standards thing yeah. or, or a genre. So that's always been like my one of my favorite genres, um, and just the harmony that um, like the Beach Boys had and how um, song structure. The Beatles, um, so I think that kind of all culminates into maybe the Jackson Five because they were kind of like the penultimate boy band for a while. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Um, I have Quartet. to say, anybody. <laughs> I do actually love Barbershop Quartet. Um, one of my favorite groups is Fred. Uh, F period, R period, P period, D period. They are hilarious. Um, what I like about them is that they. Um, do traditional songs, so like um, Sweet Out of Line, uh, but they'll do it in a comedic way. Um, and they actually sang it, um, sang the, 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 the melody of it, but with different words, because they made the joke that they ran out of words when they took out the words, and it was such a dope performance. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say them, if we're talking about Barbershop Quartet, but Jackson 5 takes it, I guess. <laughs> swag, swag. Well, when y'all do here, when y'all motherfuckers do here this podcast, y'all can stop and drop in the come hop in the group and tell us who's your favorite boy band. Cause y'all niggas know y'all listen to that in bro. Y'all know y'all listen to that in sync, bro. I don't even want to hear no bullshit about y'all niggas. Nah, I don't hear none of that shit. Y'all know y'all listen to that shit, bro. I don't, I don't care what about. Know what, what y'all talking about? Like, 
know it. What's, what's funny is, like, you know, you have some songs from Backstreet Boys and from Instinct that are good um, that I still have in some playlists on some random rotation that pop up. Um, but before them, I actually liked the New Kids on the Black. Like, I, that was my group before them. And when they came out, I was like, okay, these, these guys are good, but I feel, you know, you got the right stuff all day on you. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. I, New Kids on the Block came back in, in like, 08. Um, if you get, apparently, and real quick, okay, we're going to, because we got to get into Russell Posse, because I don't want to be here too late today. But um, New Kids on the Block came back, and they, did a, 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 they covered a Neo song, but I thought Neo just wrote it and was featured in the song for them. Apparently, Neo had it on his album. You're the gentleman or some shit, but it, that's mm-hmm. the um. Everybody in the club right now, take a DJ to turn it loud. They they made the play this song, single ladies. You can't go. That shit. That shit. Whatever the fuck. That was my shit. <laughs> and then so I'm sitting. I'm fuck TS, bro. Fuck TS, because I'm sitting at his. <laughs> I'm sitting at his house about a year or two ago, and I'm like, yo, you know, we're talking about it, and uh, like we're listening to music, and this shout Neo, out to TS when he used to be a Wisconsin resident. This Neo song comes on. <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, how you gonna how you gonna write that for them and then use it on your shit? And so him, his wife, my girl, we're all sitting there, and I'm like, they just they just swearing by the Neo version. They just swearing by the Neo version. They're like, these niggas shouldn't never even try to whitewash my I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> the the new kids on the block <laughs> ate that shit. They had an extra part in there. That shit was way better. Fuck Neo, he trashed that. Like it was it was uh, funny. Like, cause I'm like, dog, I'm so <laughs> Sold on that new kid on the black record. That was my dog. I remember working at GameStop and they would just be on repeat when <laughs> the song on repeat and I'd be in that motherfucker putting up games like, if you can't buy yourself. Like, in that bitch. <laughs> I, I ain't putting shit on the, on the walls. So, shout out new kid on the block. We, I guess you were good, you know. You I feel know. like you weren't putting stuff on the walls. You were like trying to or about to and then right before it gets on the shelf, you just start dancing All more. Right. No, I'm. <laughs> You know me, I'm that's definitely <laughs> everybody you didn't have to do a spin to put the shit in the corner. Everybody didn't. <laughs> Dude, uh, oh man, good times. But uh can't take too much more time. I just wanna let y'all know that now it's time for Welcome to the Good Burger. The Prosity. <laughs> uh, got it. You sound like the end of a street fight around Cody. <laughs> I'll be Ken, you'll be Ryu. Let's start off how we normally do um, with a shout out. Um, so we shouted out, uh, we shouted them out before, uh, but right now they're running a few deals and other celebratory events because they've just hit their one year mark. Um, so we want to celebrate, uh, Jazz It Up. Um, you can visit the website at www.jazzitup.online or on their Facebook page under Jazz It Up. Um, they sell all manner from packs, fedoras, to sweatsuits, the clothing kind, not the CD, um, and, <laughs> and other forms of men clothing and accessories. Uh, so again, that's www.jazzitup.online or jazz it up uh, on Facebook. <laughs> were the St. Lunatics a boy band? They were a rap group. I don't know if they were a boy band. Um, I guess it depends on their age when they came out. <laughs> right. They were grown as fuck in their 30s and shit. 
You know how many instruments they may or may not have played. <laughs> right. I was saying rapping, so maybe. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay. Now, the main event. Uh, let's get ready to wrestle. They are wrestling. So, cancel culture. And it's uh, oppressive and toxic community. Um, there have been a a slew of different people and cartoons that have been quote-unquote canceled. And yes, cartoons, drawn characters, fictional beings, <laughs> yeah, fake creation. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, we'll few. Get <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's, no, that's we're going to get there right now because I saw nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're, get, they're coming after Chase from Paw Patrol? We'll, we'll get there. We'll get Mr. There. We'll Potato get there. We'll Head? Wait. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Chase. All that. Okay, all, that. all right, all right. I'm, do your thing. <laughs> and, and another so, thing. The, the thought of being canceled or the, the orders, I guess, was more directed at people who were toxic regarding the specific mindset, usually harmful in nature, uh, who were being oppressive, dangerous, and or deviant. All of which, oddly enough, seem politically and financially based or influential uh, based on the targets that are chosen um, outside of the more obvious people. You know, on, on one hand, you have Bill Cosby or Bill Cosby as the moniker goes. Uh, <laughs> Bill Cosby is always funny to me. It's not rape ain't funny, but that name is just, sorry. Yeah. Just, I mean, the, just the residue of it. Got it. It right. fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Mistress on you himself, Roberto Kelsey, uh, Robert Kelly. <laughs> Robert Kelly. Uh, for all you new listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, thank God, um, Amber Heard, husband beat Nas. Um, oh, she canceled. We canceled her. Yeah, they um they pulled her from the uh, movie she was supposed to be working in. There's been a lot of um like. Although it, it's 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 late, honestly, because they've really destroyed a lot of Johnny, Johnny Depp's Depp. character and, and his perception in the eyes of many people in the community. But yeah, they they finally um, um, pulled her from the movie and and looking for replacements and things of that nature. They previously issued a statement, if I'm not mistaken, regarding her being removed from the movie for which which is crazy because when the thing first came out, all production should have stopped in the first place until things came to light. Yeah. Uh, like, like I said on the previous uh, uh, pod that we we, we did uh, those many weeks ago, um, the fact that, that the, um, what's the little dude's name? Um, Tori. And, um, <laughs> Tori, Tori and, and Megan's situation where everything was handled so terribly um, and the things weren't separated as it should have been and isolated and investigated to bring the proper closure and justice to the victim. Um, the same thing kept happening. There were so many back and forth things and incorrect things and, and plenty of evidence there that supported Johnny Depp, but immediately the, the cancel culture and people in the, we have just a Hollywood circle, um, ostracized him and pushed him away and immediately cast him as the villain. Um, right. And so it's, 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 you know, and, and then on the other hand, you know, aside from the people who actually deserve their cancellation, uh, you have other people who <laughs> who are basically either moronic in the things they said um, that they shouldn't have 
uh, such as Gina Carano from uh, uh, Mandalorian, or uh, David Shore, who actually tweeted about the politics surrounding protests and their violent culminations based on an actual academic journal regarding these findings and how people are, you know, cancel them, cancel them, cancel them. Um, and it, it, it's, it's just, it's gotten to be too much, man. It's, it's, it's really gotten to be, uh, I've gotten us to a point where I honestly, this is my, uh, my personal feeling that the country is facing um, traveling down a very dangerous road. I think it's been doing that for a while now. Yeah, yeah, uh, on, on steady decline. Um, funny enough, I heard a quote um, a couple of days ago regarding, I think it was the Roman Empire, where it was like, um, and, you know, it, it's a sexist um, statement, but it, it was interesting because of, of how they kind of put it. Um, they were talking about how when the Roman Empire was at its height, that uh, there was a point where there was a, 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 I want to say a philosopher or some type of expert in um, um, history and, and politics who were talking about, um, you know, we, the Roman Empire, has came, we conquered, and we ruled the world. But in our, in our um, cities and towns, women rule us. Um, and he was saying how that would lead to the, the downfall of the, the civilization. Um, and he said it from the point of not that it was wrong for women to be in power, but because of the, the things that they were putting into place and how they were really dividing themselves because of gender, sex, and other things, that it would be the fall of their, their nation. Uh, so I found that was really, really interesting that it popped up uh, randomly as this whole cancer culture thing was going on. But I digress. Um, I said it before that this country does not understand no, no, uh, nor know how to practice restraint, moderation, and just goes balls to walls, pedals to the floor on every issue with no semblance of research or study or any backing for claims, accusations, or protests for most of the issues at hand. I'm not saying that there's no valid issue, but that their platform is soft because They'd rather throw stones and push their own agendas for many different reasons um, instead of really researching to figure out or to strengthen the platform so that it's clear why they're um, canceling, quote unquote, this person or why this this behavior needs to be removed or changed. Right. Uh, the most common reason I've seen, honestly, is that they're using this platform to hide their own insecurities. Um, feelings of worth, uh, of worthlessness, or to prevent people from being people. Um, it is amazing to me how in this country, where you know there's, there's supposed to be freedom and, uh, and the ability to pursue happiness, uh, that we don't allow people to be uh, fallible. We don't allow them to make uh, mistakes, uh, to have accidents. Uh, we don't allow them to be capable of making a fool of themselves um, or them just generally being a fool. Uh, and we don't allow the, the person to be imperfect and have the ability to change or learn. I completely agree with that. But in some cases, it's like when you were talking about with R. Kelly, where it's like he doesn't like regret or hold back or see right. what he does is wrong kind of thing. Right. And that's the same thing with that 
chick from the man dude, whatever, you know, from the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah. What did she right. what did she even say? Just that really quick just out of curiosity. What did she say? She compared Republicans of this age to Jews in basically the Nazi uh, era. I didn't hear that, but I know she's a what? huge Trump supporter, so I don't know yeah. why she would do that. So she's saying that she's Hitler. What? <laughs> she was saying that um, the way Republicans are treated. She was basically um, oh, I see. Um, stating that you know you can't really be Republican without um, people kind of crucifying you for it. You know what I'm saying? And I get it because most Republicans are associated with racists because and most stupidity. of the prominent Republicans. Are racist. Right. I mean, like, so, the quack's like a racist duck. It's a right. racist conservative duck. Yeah, if it has, if it has right. diabetes like a racist, then it has to be a racist, right? Like, oh my God. Right. Peppermint. But like I said, you have, uh, on the one hand, people who are at the levels of Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, R. Kelly, and those who need to be um, locked away and canceled and, 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 um, those who say certain things about racism of people um, continuously, even after um, having been made like, yo, this isn't cool, this, 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 and that, and they continue to do so, then yeah, you deserve what you get. You know what I'm saying? You, you're a prominent figure. You deserve to be, um, <laughs> to get whatever consequence you have. But let me also say this. Um, did you know that they tried to cancel uh, Henry Cavill and Jeremy Renner? Just basically because they know certain people. <laughs> what? Wait, why? Yes, because Henry Cavill at one time dated Gina um, quite a while ago. And so they were trying to cancel him too, saying, oh yeah, he was a party to a crime. This makes no sense because... Right, also it's him. like dated. It's not <laughs> right. even like... Not- like aside from like, he's not believing her thoughts or anything. No one's saying that or, you know, but like past, like... right. Oh my God! Right. Right. People are so. They are. They tried to cancel Chris Pratt because he went to a church that is, well, basically anti-LGBT, which is most churches, honestly, unfortunately. Right. Say, really? Because that's the basis of their their doctrine. However, there is a way to to be, uh, or I, I should say, I think the way that um, you should be Christian is still to operate in love. You don't participate in their activities. You don't condone the behavior, et cetera. Um, but you still are supposed to love them with the love of God because that's how you show people that you are a true Christian. So What's really bugging fact- me is that people are, they're not looking at like, I don't like this, so I'm just not going to watch their movies or listen or mm-hmm. like even say like, I I'll watch their movies or listen to some of their stuff, but not agree with them to separate the person from right. the artist or something. They're just like, right. nobody can enjoy this. Right. 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 Not only that, right. but it's like, um, you have a distant opinion. That's fine. You don't have to hate the person. If the person right. isn't, you know, perpetuating anything crazy, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yep. the yep. fact that he goes to a church and he has a different belief system than you, that's fine. It just that means, means he's something different. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> It, it, it is it's mind-boggling. Now, in, in, on the one case, you have, like, uh, say, Elizabeth Olsen, who um, was using the pejorative term of gypsy in her interview and was told in the interview and by different people that, yo, that's a really derogatory term towards uh, Romani people. So it you is? really should be using it. Yeah. I don't um, see how it is. Okay. It's 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 got a long long history. Um, I would really um, 
it's like saying to look into it well i mean I, i've had to learn like a lot about gypsies in high school and you yeah. know, saw some in france so it's like i feel like it's like you go up to a jewish person and say are you a jew or hey this is a jew. it's like same thing to that like maybe it's not the nicest but i wouldn't say it's as equal as like a racial slur kind of thing you know that's what they're kind of putting it as um and it's been a, on a lot of platforms that people are like yo this is very offensive to the romani people Damn. <laughs> like, Damn. Like legit. the other thing is like when people get so up in arms about things like that when it's like it doesn't even involve you like yeah yeah you're trying to I stick mean, up for things that don't involve you and you have no you know nothing about that right you don't have, you know the history and everything like that like i really did like look into it and, and look at some research and it's it's very heavily tied to um a period of um of uh, discrimination uh, for them, so wow. yeah, they do consider it a a, a slur. <laughs> That's wild. Well, you learn something maybe every day. Well, I'll articulate a little better then, so it's not slur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm like, it's it's a simple word change, okay? So you know, it's not like something that needs to be in your your, your, your vocabulary. It's like other words that we don't say on different platforms because it's not necessarily for. Um, a vocabulary. That's what, that's the point of building your vocabulary. You be able to use other words um, and bigger words to say the same rude stuff to people. Um, I mean, that's why I started reading the dictionary and the sources was so I can use all these big words that people don't understand. And because uh, you ran out of Clifford books as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, <laughs> there is such a ridiculous trend that we've moved all the way down to. Dr. Seuss books and Looney Tunes characters. Like, people are bringing these things up um, for things that aren't even in continued print anymore. Um, They they stopped publication on, I think it was six or seven Dr. Seuss books because they had um, um, inappropriate um, and insensitive um, images and and themes in them, and Mm. they were stopped published quite a while ago. Like, Dr. Seuss has made, or his his, his company uh, and foundation has made um, reparations, um, redone murals, um, re um, recreated books based on other books to be um, more politically correct and more sensitive to what they used to represent because it's a sign of a change in the times, and it's like we don't recognize that there's a sign. Of, People are now trying to go back after Eminem for things he said. Oh my in, god! In the from, '90s, or whatever. No, it was from <laughs> like 2010. Yeah, to the yeah. Um, like that was goofy. Right. Like that's not even a bad line that he was saying. He's got a lot worse stuff. Like, are you kidding me? But yeah. no, but it's, it's I, like, know, with this Dr. Seuss thing, it's it's look at the copyright date. It's not yeah. It's no sign of the times for today, or you know, it's like because it's not written today. Like right. leave it alone. And I remember when they first started, I think it originated for me when this whole thing, when they were the book burning of uh, Huckleberry Finn, yeah. you know? And I'm just like, just don't read the book if you don't want to read the book. Stop burning books. Like, other right. people can read them if they want to. And also... Or read it to understand the sign of that time, to understand where we've come from. But, right. Okay. I, I was just going to say, like, also, if, if you know... If there's enough research or enough, or enough information to let you know that this is bad, you shouldn't even look at these things and go into these things in the manner of, I'm going to recreate or I'm going to replicate or I'm going to, you should be able to not touch a thing or touch a thing and, and come 
at it with mm-hmm. a neutral mindset, knowing this is not, you know, what how right. one should act. This is a piece of literature or a piece of art, you know, quote unquote art. I I will say this as I'm listening to you, you know, kind of explain, you know, this is how I feel. Everything that we're talking about today is, is my feelings on how I feel about the N word, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nigga, why was that? Why did I say the N word? Like the fuck? I'm totally because I, I have virgin ears. Um, so <laughs> I be so as a as a as a human as a, someone who uses words and someone who you know just fucks with you know saying saying slick shit. I'm like, okay, it's a word which we have now definitely kind of changed the meaning to be a term of endearment, yada, yada, yada. So some, mm-hmm. on one hand, I, like, I don't care for motherfuckers to say, nigga, if, like, if, it, if it's really coming from a place of, like, you my nigga, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I, because if I, I have white friends, obviously, and I'll call, like, that's my nigga. Like, but I don't, you know, so they never really said it back to me, but I'm like, you know, I don't know if I'd be like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, on one hand, I'm like, I don't care. On the other hand, though, I'm still an African-American male, born in America, you know, know what shit, you know, know how, it, it just, you know, shit feels in my heart. It sometimes feel wrong, you know what I'm saying? So I'll be 50-50 yeah. with, that, with that word overall, you know? Yeah, and that's, I'm, I'm with you. And so that's how I feel about everything we're talking about today because, you know, as you're explaining this, you're like, people shouldn't be, they, they can be offended, but we don't, we're not looking at, you know, what, why are we trying to, like, cancel things? And I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, Logically, I get it because we should be looking at things with a clear, you know, mind to whatever the fuck, you know, this shit, should, should, we shouldn't have to take away everything, yada, yada, yada. On the other hand, though, playing devil's advocate, I do some of this shit, I'm like, I wouldn't want to see shit that constantly reminds me of a trauma or constantly reminds me of something else. Or because if it's in what we don't realize is so much shit is ingrained and embedded in the, in the natural, like, cloth of things. You know, it's like when motherfuckers tell you, like, get over slavery. No, bitch, because everything that happened in slavery is still in the fabric and cost of what, why I'm still struggling, you fucking faggot. Like, stop, <laughs> like, <laughs> as, I, as I talk about words and shit that should be used. Um, right. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So, so on one hand, I should stop saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, like so on hmm. one hand, it's like, I don't get hurt feelings. But on the other hand, it's like, certain shit makes a motherfucker cringe. Like, Eminem. Right. I'm an Eminem. Everybody knows. That's like one of my favorite rappers of all time. And yeah. it, it was about five, ten years ago, about like, yeah, I'm going to say 20, yeah, 2012, 2013. And I just started to realize, bro, I'm like, bro, this nigga said, this nigga talked about raping people too much. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I love him and him, but I'm like, this nigga was blatantly talking. This nigga was blatantly I still come inside and, her and have a son and a new brother at the same time and just say that it ain't mine. <laughs> but like, this nigga was blatantly talking about, like, you know, when I raped her, like, like I put the, and, uh, Fuck that fat slut to death, like took that big dick out of it, like like doing literally reciting uh, uh moments of violent rape. Like I like and I get it. Is there's there's a nonviolent kind? There is, actually, yes. There are many forms in which it doesn't have to be a motherfucker choking somebody. But like Anywho. But, <laughs> but no, but like that shit has made me as an adult when, when I was a kid. And he talked about his this teacher uh, sucking his wee wee in preschool. I'm like, that's this shit cuz. As I became an adult, as I became an adult, I'm like, well, this nigga got to be talking about like, stop saying rape. I mean, them stop. Like, I would listen to shit. I would go back and listen to shit, and I'd be like, stop saying rape. Stop saying rape. Stop saying rape. Throughout my twenties, I'm like, why does this motherfucker keep talking about rape, dog? Stop saying rape. I mean, them. And that just be. I don't know 
you know, I've it, from a childhood to uh, being an adult, I've actually known people who have been sexually assaulted, and that shit don't sit well with me. It just like don't sit well in my spirit as an adult because I'm like know how wrong that shit is now. So it's so right. I'm so half and half with. I'm never canceling them. They can just suck a dick. But I'm so half and half with what should be taken away, what should be canceled, and then what people should just get the fuck over and be like, we're done, we're past that. You can't because you, because right. truth being told, there's no right or wrong answer. Truth being right. told, something is offensive to to everybody. And in as half of us, that mm-hmm. shit that's offensive to, we're looking like, bro, stop being a pussy. Right? Right. That's, you know, so so who's to say cancel culture is so good because it holds people accountable but at the same time it's so bad because it's like what else can be canceled next so but, I, I but was, it doesn't I've really been... hold people accountable what it does is it destroys different medias and mediums because um it it doesn't really just affect that person it affects everything because of how they go about it there's a difference between um and, and that's why i hate the whole cancel um thing is because People think they and 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 because they, I'm trying to find a way to word this to where um, it really gets my point across. Um, so the culture of canceling, I think, is is, is stupid in the first place. Um, because why are the people who are just sitting around waiting for someone to cancel or their whole um, job is to find things that they can cancel or have a beef with. You know what I mean? That's right. that's toxic in itself. That's, right. Right. that's generative in itself. You know what I mean? Right. No, um, no I, I get that. I totally understand that. It's like, you, I get it. No, I understand that, though. I'm virtually raising my hand when I get a chance. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No. So, go ahead, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't let him go ahead. <laughs> So not only just the obvious fact of, like, if you don't like something, don't watch it or listen to it kind of thing, you know? But I was thinking, like, lately, too, it's, like, these people, like, famous people, that they're, like, we need to cancel that. I want to cancel that. I feel like it's the responsibility of them being held accountable for is not up to, um, I guess, the public. It'd be, like, the people that are financially supporting them you know their uh producer their the tv the radio you know stuff like that who who they work for it's and if you take it down to um make it like on our level it's like if if we do something like that um it's not like we're gonna keep our job and people are just gonna say that they don't like us and call us names you know we're gonna either get a warning or get fired you know right right that's true right yeah and, and, you know, the, the thing I always say is that, you know, people have to consider the times, um, consider where we are now and how long ago most of the things were created and the general sense and consensus of how people talked, acted and interacted during those times. There's a major difference in how things are conducted now than then. With all this change, there's an opportunity or there's a propensity or the opportunity for, for good or bad, positive and negative reactions and consequences. It would be foolish to cancel something that can be changed, updated, and corrected to be inclusive of all um, aspects and, and, and perceptions. Um, I honestly feel we are moving into a direction where soon um, religion will be canceled, free speech will be canceled, comedy will be illegal, movie, movie production and music production will be so stringent and filtered that it will be mindless, boring, dribble, if any words are allowed through. 
and the instrumentals may be canceled next because they are hate speech against wordless poets and writers or you know if, hell they if stuff like that goes on to like if that happens to what you're saying this sounds like a science fiction novel where pretty soon they're censoring our thoughts you know right, right and right. what we can and can't like that's bullshit Right, where everything is, is flipped or, or changed or shoved into little boxes or cut off or, or canceled or whatever they, the new word they want to we'll put on it. Um, Dave Chappelle honestly hit the, the nail on the head with his, with his uh, special regarding the art of spin. Um, people are spinning things how they want to to get the desired result. And it's really starting to, to um, show its, its effect in, especially in, a, in the movies and, and the celebrity piece. Um, and, and, you know, and I want to get to this point because this is kind of what we, we were all kind of going towards is the whole cartoons thing. Because it's not just like uh, Pepe Le Pew, but like Speedy Gonzalez, Slowpoke Rodriguez, um, mm-hmm. Mr. Potato Head, like you said. Um, they're on the chopping block for past fictional things that happen because people have no imagination now and they can't make ink and paper not do bad things or realize, hey, this is a fictional and good representation of what not to do, as comedy usually likes to point out. Um, that's what most cartoons were. They were over-exaggerations of real-life things to let you know that this is supposed to be comedic because it's um, an exaggeration. It's right. not something that you would do in real life. The funny thing about them... Um, I mean, if you draw an anvil on a coyote's head in real life, it's going to die. But if it's right. like a cartoon, it's funny because he gets up and... <laughs> right. The, 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 the thing about Pepe Pew that, that, that really um, bothers me is that nobody's canceling the cat. What cat? The one he kept harassing? Right. Because the, the joke about Pepe Pew, it's even in his name, was that he was stinky. She didn't like him because he was a skunk, not because he was pursuing her and kissing all over her. It's because he smelled bad. Because when he applied perfume or when she got drunk, she was all over him. That was the reverse thing. Like Nobody points that out because that was the original joke. Oh, it had wow. nothing to do with how he was uh, um, touching her or, or, or uh, um, attached to her. It's because the smell got to her and she was like, oh no, what is that? And tried to get away. But they tried to split, like I said, they tried to spit it to where it's like, oh, he's a rapist and da da this and all this other stuff, when that wasn't even the point of the whole whole joke. And now they're canceling a character. Um, I mean, little column on, A, little column B, but yeah. Right. I still thought, you know, as a kid, I still, I mean, partly were like, oh, skunk, so he smells bad, but also, like, I mean, she's not interested, and, I, and he still kept going for it, and it was just comedic that way. But at the end, she was interested because the smell went away. It was the smell that drove her away. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're pointing at the wrong thing. The whole point of the joke was that he was a Casanova um, and that he was trying to rule all these different uh, people, but the smell drove them away. The, the foolish, I don't know, semi-contradictory part of it is, like, they're canceling Pepe Le Pew, but then all the memes are showing, like, Johnny Bravo is still here. They show like, oh, he's sweating kind of thing. Or dude, for Herbert, the pervert from Family Guy. Like, yeah. they're, they're not coming after any of these guys, but Pepe Le Pew, really. Right. And uh, um, what's what's the old girl name? Uh, um, Nikki off of uh, the Parkers. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's all of me. Yeah, she definitely. Yeah, she like broken dude house and did all that stuff. Definitely like, broken his house, things. bro. Definitely. <laughs> so give me a break, yo. 
Um, I, I wonder, I, mean, I only, I only ask this. I wonder, do, and you've talked about this before, and I can, I respect it. Do is it because you feel like there's a, a, a an always this kind of like push when it comes to cancel to cancel men or things related to quote unquote because you know genders aren't really a thing quote unquote male behavior or you know what I mean like shit that that they I, say is I, I, I definitely I definitely think that's a major part of everything. Um, we can go back to the whole Johnny Depp thing. The initial outcry was against Johnny, even though there was evidence supporting that Amber was the one who was beating him and abused to him. They had legit evidence. And the studio was like, well, we're going to let him go because, you know, we just don't want this for the brand. And it was like, but he was, and there was such a backlash for people like, no, he was the one who was being obviously abused. Like he had scars and things of that nature. And y'all <laughs> really let him go uh, because he's a guy. That's, that's, that's it. Because he was a man in this situation. And so I definitely, I definitely feel like that's a major part of all of this. Um, that the first person to get canceled is always a man. It, it honestly yeah, it's, is. It, yeah, it's almost always like 99.99, 100% of the time. <laughs> like, they, what, <laughs> girls do this. Girls do the same thing. Exact nothing, same thing. But guys Remember do when they went after uh, uh, Morgan Freeman saying that he was um, being real pushy on females? And then they had like... 1700 hours of women being inappropriate doing interviews like right. are you serious oh like oh what you wearing what kind of boxes oh this is and because you know he's an attractive male he's just going to sit there and take it or he's seen it as something um uh, less than a man or something like that you know what i'm saying like right. you can't win for losing so I, I most definitely think that uh um the cancel culture is really heavy on everything being misogynistic and patriarchy and all this other stuff so they go out for men first you know i just seen a tweet the the guy who played the lead actor in, in snowfall the black british guy <laughs> i don't know what his uh, uh name is exactly but he just tweeted something yesterday and he said if men have to suffer so that women can basically i'm paraphrasing but he basically said if men have to suffer so that women can you know be okay so be it he said because they've been they've been suffering for so long world you know you know across the world since the beginning of time type shit yada yada and i was going to send that to you because i think that that kind of harkens to why you're anti-cancel culture in a sense of not only does it not hold people accountable in the right manner it does seem like that it can seem like there's an agenda to cancel motherfuckers who have penises yes right but the thing is that's that's a stupid statement because um <laughs> it solves nothing. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it it provides no support for the for the struggle. What you're doing is just copping out and saying, I don't want to I don't want people to, to say that I'm I'm against this. Um and that's what we have a lot of people doing now. We don't have a lot of people standing up against a lot of the nonsense that is going on because they fear um being canceled next or they fear um what's going to happen. Um and and that's a terrible way to live um i believe i want to say it's benjamin franklin uh, um who has one of my favorite quotes about um freedom um let me see if i can figure it out um i think it's if you uh, have liberty or security uh something like that 
those who give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Um, so if you give up the ability to speak against wrong because you want to feel safe from that wrong, usually you don't get either. And <laughs> usually you're the first to be to be killed off um, uh, metaphorically and physically. Um, so I, I don't agree with that um, whole mindset that, well, if this will um, satiate you for now, then yeah, we should all be punished. No, no I'm, not, I'm not with that at all. I'm all about equity. I'm all about equality because that's what we should be, be striving for. Uh, we still have too many um, real issues to be um, so caught up with this stupid cancel culture. Um, and and uh, for cartoons, are you serious? Um, we still have a hard time arresting and bringing people to justice um, who have been tried or who have who have who have been videotaped, who have been testified against, um, um, whether they're they're cops or, or, or just regular people um, who murder black people in broad daylight in their homes and stores, churches, traffic stops, and, and that's still going on today. Not like it's it's been like oh well it's been forty years or it's been four hundred years. No, it's still happening today. These things are still happening today. People are still discriminative against um, Native Americans. They're still discriminative against uh, uh, those of Spanish descent, um, uh, those who have uh, Irish heritage. Um, there are still people who are um, discriminating against um, whoever is different from them, and that does not have a base color. That's 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 everybody. We all have those still those stereotypes uh, and those distinctions against people that we use, unfortunately, in a daily basis that need to die. They need to die off because they, uh, there's no way for us to really be equal and really be on one accord um, until we get rid of those prejudices. I, fuck with that. I, see, I see exactly what you're saying. I fuck with that, Loki. Yeah, I did think I thought the quote itself in and of itself was, was kind of bad. Again, I be half and half with shit because I kind of, I, mm-hmm. I try to hearken shit to, I try to be in other people's shoes. And yeah, yeah. you know, on one hand, it's like, yeah, you motherfuckers, yeah, y'all, y'all been doing a lot of little grimy shit to motherfuckers. So you people on that side need to feel it. But at the, at the same, at the same time, like that doesn't help any. You know, I'm, I'm saying like it's not right. not equal. You know what I'm saying? Because I be thinking about right. like I, I think about like business, how we do like business with black or you know like talking about black business versus white business or just like wealth, um, the the wealth, um disadvantage that you know minorities have to whites in this country and mm-hmm. i'm like a good way to solve that would be for the government to you know give money also i don't want it to be where like it's they need to give money equally you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. i feel like it, we you know reparations would be good but also i don't want to see people like like my best friend cody if he wants to start a business he shouldn't be able to not get along because he's like well you're white so like you know, we're just just you know, for the next ten years only black people are getting. It. You know what I'm saying? Like it should be some equity to which would allow us to all be on the same playing field. You know what I'm saying? Like just so e- equally would be when Russ Russ and Tia's get their stimulus check that I also get mine. <laughs> Where is it, Joe? My thing is that um, what I would prefer over um, a mass amount of cash would be to erase. Um, um, red listing to erase um, the standards of practices that businesses have for different races yeah. that allow certain races a um, a boost uh, so that education would be the same for all races so that we're educating children on 
the things they need and not trying to invent new math ways to confuse people or fail them out of school, um, to um, eliminate prisons so that the states aren't generating income off the suffering of right. other people, yep. and that we have re re uh, rehabilitative uh, facilities for criminals um, so that they can be a boom society in that way, and states would still get the money they need uh, to take care of them, but also to fund um, what is necessary for the state. There's so many different things that we could get that would put, um, especially black people, in a position of equal standing with other races, um, that the money thing is just a cop-out to me. Right. I feel it. I feel it. But that's all I got, man. Um, this culture culture has, 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 is really going too far, and I only see a bleak future if this continues to happen. Um, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> everybody, watch yourself, I guess. I don't know. Stay on your side. Do something. Show me what you're working with. Ronnie, get beside yourself. I know. Just don't show what you in your hand. <laughs> Be cool, oh God. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, TS is not here this week. Cody, do you have any fucked up stories or anything that you want to give to us? Oh, um, I meant to look for that. I probably do, but you said you got a bounce, so do you just want to close it? Or okay. no? All right. I mean, I want to wrap it up like that. But um, fun <laughs> fact, I'll say I'll say this. Fun fact: plastic is made from oil. It's wasteful. Anywho, that has been episode ninety-five of uh, Politically Correct. Not what the fuck? That what is that? It's not even a thing we do. See, all the talking about Russell and shit. I don't know where I am. Um, <laughs> this has been episode 95 of Not Politically Correct. This is your boy, Rue McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. With a Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God. You can find me on Twitter at Rue McCoy KPZ. Cody? Hi, I'm Cody. City recording everything. <laughs> Russ? The Byron Man, Teddy Russ, Smooth Fingers, K-Universal, School, School Wars Pretender, Russell Bus. Ooh, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> and on that note, you know what the fuck it is. Gang!